It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi there and welcome everybody to the Sunday session. I'm replacing your regular host Scott Patterson tonight but as always I've got two fantastic guests on with me. Um, Firstly Ian how are you doing today? Very well mate yeah it's all good for me. And Saftar it's been a a long time since I've been in a pod with you so it's delighted to be back on with you. Yeah pleasure to be back on, pleasure to make my debut for this new season so looking forward to it, Uh, fingers crossed. That's it, and I'm sure there's another debut that happened yesterday that we'll get on to talk about. Um, but listen, as always, loads to talk about. We've got that game yesterday. Get the guys' thoughts on a two-two draw in the final preseason game away in Germany. We'll discuss some individual performances. Uh, a certain Brazilian forward pulls a Rangers jersey on for the first time. Um, we'll get the guys' thoughts on that. We'll get the guys' thoughts on the defence in general and maybe the left-hand side, which is a recurring theme for these podcasts, and it's not even the start of the season yet. Um, when Saftar's on, I always like to get a wee finance question in there, so we'll discuss the ingoings, outgoings, and and is this the, the wheels of the player trading model finally starting to, to churn? Um, we'll maybe discuss a signing that looks likely to, to happen next week as well. Rangers draw Morton in the Via Play Cup, where that will be on Via Play. That's another matter altogether. And what well, I'm sure we'll talk about Thompson Ashaka because we've got to, because it's this is Ibrox. Um, but first of all, we'll begin with a wee on this day. I know something different for the Sunday pod, but I'll come to you than this one, Safter. On this day in 1997, Rangers played Faroese opposition GI Goto, I think is how you play that one, in a UEFA Champions League qualifying. Uh, second leg at Ibrooks Rangers won 6-0 with Jury, Negri, McCoist, Alberts and Ian Ferguson now that is a list of names for scorers there, uh, there was a rare collector's edition in that game with McCoist having a penalty miss but the tie finished 11-0 on Agra, Would, uh, wouldn't that be nice if that happened this year um, 
But yeah, just uh, maybe not your memories of that game in particular, because I'll be stunned if anybody remembers us coming up against um, Faroese opposition. But there was a certain striker in there, Marco Negri, that I think went on to have a particularly good season that year, Safta. He did. I mean, that was the season, if I remember rightly, we were going for 10 as well. And for those that remember, um, the, obviously during the 90s, certainly the mid to, to late 90s, Rangers had some, some great players. You can top elite players, but we didn't really do much in Europe, uh, apart from obviously 92, uh, uh, 93 and so on. So that was the big disappointment. You know, a lot of investment in the team, some top, top quality European talent. Uh, but didn't do well in Europe. And the thing I, I remember with Marco Negri was, uh, so he was a great striker, great touch. Whenever he scored, he never really celebrated, which was kind <laughs> of weird and cool at the same time. You know, yeah. he kind of just kind of walked away back to this kind of centre circle. So it's quite um, interesting there. But yeah, he was a great um, striker, linked up well with McCoy's, um, Heatley as well and others. So yeah, it was uh, interesting. Really kind of, for me, Anyway, as a supporter, kind of when you benchmark Rangers even now, you kind of benchmark to that kind of era of players, quality. As I said, despite the fact we didn't really do well in Europe at all, we didn't really hit the mark in Europe, sadly, in many of those seasons, despite all of the investment that was made in, in the club. Yeah, well, let, let's hope there's not a repeat of that this this season there, Saftar. But um, I think there's one particular game I can remember against Dundee United where he didn't, as every goal he scored, he just celebrated them less and less and less. But uh, yeah. you go. Um, Ian, I'm not give you an on this day, but seeing as we're ch- talking about Champions League qualifiers, um, obviously we'll just touch on it briefly, but are you looking forward to the Champions League qualifiers this year? We know that we'll either get Genk or Servet, who seem to do pretty well against Genk. Uh, they finished 1-1. And then if we get past either of those, well, it looks likely we'll play PSV or Marseille. So are you looking forward to those games? Um, it's hard to say <laughs> after yesterday, to be honest. Um, Genk or Servet, whoever we play there, I think we'll be fine. I don't have too much concerns there. Maybe that's arrogant. I don't know. But looking at their list of players, looking at their sort of position, I don't. I don't think if if we struggle against them, we don't want to be anywhere near Champions League. So that's my take on the third round qualifying. But I, I don't know. I just I feel like we done really well last year to get through. I don't know if we have that sort of luck in us again. I think there's a bit too many new players, which we needed, but a bit too many new players are still gelling, still trying to find their feet. And I just, I don't, I don't have ultra confidence in us. But if we did drop out and go to Europa League, I wouldn't be the saddest man in the world, to be honest. So, yeah, I think we'll get through this third round, but fourth round's a little bit daunting at this point. Yeah, that's it exactly. It's I'm just hoping the the strikers by that point are up and up and firing. But I'm sure we'll we'll get to that with um with uh, later on in the podcast. But Reese sat here just leaves a wee comment here. Said Genk four 0 winners yesterday. Serviette drew two two with FC Zurich, and I actually think a former Rangers player Nico Kaich might have scored in that game. But um, I'm sure um, people in the comments will, will let me know if I'm wrong about that one. But look, Saftar, let's get um, talking about the, the game yesterday. Um, overall, it concludes Rangers pre-season tour. There's been four friendlies so far. Rangers, Newcastle, we were beat 2-1. Rangers defeated Hamburg 2-1. The yeah. Olympiacos game, which was that, which was not good. It was another 3-1 defeat and 2-2 away on Hoffenheim. Um, I think the first player I'd like to talk about 
in all these games, especially in the Hoffenheim game yesterday, is Cyril Dessers. It was his second appearance for the club. He put himself about yesterday. Looks like he took a sore one in his left eye. I don't know if you saw his post-match press conference. But that. It was yeah. Absolutely yeah, really massive. Bad. Yeah. Um, but what have you made of him so far and, and, and where can you see his strengths helping out the team? I think he's kind of slotted in well. Obviously, it'll take time. And this goes for all of the players. You know, obviously, essentially, we've kind of bought a new team over over the last kind of six weeks or so. Um, so it'll take time. Um, he did well to to win the penalty or get the penalty uh, in the second half. He's kind of put himself out and about. He's slowly adapting to the game in terms of the pace or the way we play. And, and, and even, I think, uh, Michael Beale doesn't know the full best 11 or even a formation that we're going to be playing going forward so it'll take time like all of them um i have high hopes he's, he's there I, I see him certainly um one of the starters in the in the, in the, in the in the team and as well as that really playing aggressively up front something we kind of lacked last season a bit of aggression uh whether that's wide or coming in uh, and getting in there you know the penalty was a prime example as well as you know, you know getting some uh, assists and, and so on as well for for others in the in the box. Yeah, that that's that. It's uh, I certainly hope that is the type of play that he does bring to Ibrooks. But Ian, what what have you made of of Cyril Desser so far, and and where do you see him fitting into this squad? Because I've seen you know quite a lot of criticism for him on on social media, as as you always do with with like with any Rangers player. And I thought maybe it was a bit over the top. He said in his post match press conference or post match interview, I should say, yesterday that yeah. you know it's been tough, it's been difficult for him to get up to speed. But as Saftar mentioned there, I thought he showed a really really lovely bit of skill to to win that penalty. And and, and the Hoffenheim defender had had no uh, no chance, but. The only thing he could do in that scenario was was bring him down. I felt, um, but but have you been pleased with him so far? And 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 where do you see him fitting into the the team as a whole? I think he's done okay in the sort of hour or so he got yesterday, and then the, the little cameo the week uh, midweek. But he did say in that interview that he'd been injured for a month or so at the close end of the season. He's only started training again quite recently. He's obviously had the sort of uncertainty of being in Italy and then coming here a bit a bit not late in the window, but. A bit later than we would have wanted, ideally, but I think he's done fine. I mean, he's, he's not going to come in and score a hat trick without knowing any of his teammates, knowing how people play. There's a couple of examples of the cutback from Lundstrom. If they two know each other a bit better, he probably lays that a plate for them. Just little things like that. It's, it's always going to come. Uh, same idea as the ball that came across from Tavi was just a foot or two away from these. These kind of little moments, they will get more fine tuned, more in touch with each other, the more they're training together, playing together. So some of the comments are insane so far like you see on twitter like he's just chola like and he's he's this doesn't get involved he's just a battering ram stuff like that it's it's wild to think with morelos leaving the club we need someone with a bit more power up front i think he's the man to kind of take that mantle and then obviously Danilo's hopefully a bit more maybe technical a bit more nice to watch as a player but combined i think they two can have a really good season together i think they match up pretty well from the small moments we've seen so far yeah, and and look, Ian, I'll stick with you here just till we discuss the sort of next player that I want to talk about, and and it seems to be the player that I've been talking about because I was lucky enough to cover the Olympiacos game, lucky enough to cover the Hamburg game, and 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 for me there was one player that stood out above all else in both those games, and and that was Sam Lammers or uh, Sammers as he was getting called in a, <laughs> on, a on a certain channel, um, but yeah, again showed some. 
he seems to be the player to me that, that that's that's bought into Beal's philosophies the most in terms of I, I've been so impressed with even watching the the preseason training videos. Every time one of the coaching staff shouted shoot, he's always got a shot away. He seems to follow the directions quite well and. And before I get shot down here, I'm not making any comparison to Loudrup, but he seems to be the player that people are coming out and saying that he reminds him of the most in terms of his confidence, the way he takes the ball and his stride. So, I mean, what have you made of, of Sam Lammer so far? Yeah, very, very impressed, to be honest. Um, he looks a very fluid footballer. Like He can be up front, he can be off the wing, he can be in behind. He's so clever as a player to watch, even though, like when he's dummying the ball or sort of little cute passes he makes. He seems to have got a lot of what we've been missing for a long time. Um, obviously, watching Kent last year wasn't pretty for anyone. Just that sort of lack of confidence, lack of... Uh, not ability, because Kent had that ability, but someone that can actually put on a show, if that makes sense. Kind of give me the ball, I'll do something, that kind of mentality. I think we've been missing that for a little bit. Um, but the goal kind of took me by surprise, because like I say, I thought it was more of a office striker, maybe coming in from deep, hitting long-range shots kind of thing. But it was quite a... A poacher's goal, the way he sort of timed the run, header in the bottom corner. So, yeah, if he keeps this up, he'll he'll be flying this season. Got no doubts about that. Yeah, and, and Saftar, I, I asked the question into there into the YouTube comments, and it was I, I don't think anybody else said anybody else's name there, but it was Lammers all the way. And um, somebody, the trying Scotsman here, called him uh, Big Tequila, which I actually <laughs> think was quite funny. Um, but yeah, have you, have you been impressed with him so far? And and and. Can you see why the comparisons to Loudrop have been made? And and, and I'm yeah, nowhere saying he's not really yeah. as good as Loudrop. Yeah, I mean, it's the early days, isn't it? But I can see why, you know, he's got that kind of classiness, that kind of touch, that kind of movement as well to kind of beat players and get in the box and, and just make things happen, you know, be a bit more exciting and be relevant in, in the kind of front third, which is interesting. But I would say also, as uh, Kyle, um, just I don't get excited when we're winning really well in preseason. I'm not going to get too despondent in what's happened so far in the last kind of two weeks or so. I'm not going to get too stressed by it because, no, as as even Ian mentioned, you know, social media all kind of gets hyped up, isn't it? Both directions when we're winning really well, and, and obviously what's happened in the last two weeks. Um, and it'll take time for for this team to gel and and, and get together. But yeah, he's really impressed. He's done well. Fingers crossed. He adapts well to the kind of Scottish football environment, as well as that, as well as that, gives us that depth and quality that we need in Europe, um, whether that's the qualifier uh, coming up, potentially the playoff, or or, or the or uh, subsequently as well. Yeah, that's that's that exactly for, for me. I think Sam Lammers. I think the player that I'm going to liking him to the most is is Joe Rebo in terms of that he's got the skill and I think that if you remember that the the Europa League season I think Joe Rebo had like an insane amount of games was it not pushing 65 68 yep. games I think he completed in a season and I can really see Sam Lammers being that that same sort of figurehead for for Bill um but yeah he, here's hoping that he continues on to a good preseason and, and Safdar see if we didn't get paranoid or, or, or worried about what was happening preseason we wouldn't have a podcast so true, we need to <laughs> so be prepared for, for yeah. more questions worry, worry, Kyle, and I'm sure you're going to talk about it uh about next week and thereafter if we have a if we start on the back foot in terms of points uh especially with this team that's going to gel, that it gets stressful. You know, the, the supporters get really stressed out. And I just worry about that because uh, obviously that's a scenario that could play out for, for a couple of weeks. 
Yeah, that's definitely something we'll come on to later. But yeah, I, I share those exact same concerns that, that you have there. Um, look, Ian, before we come on to, I think, the man of the moment that we've all been waiting for to come on, but I, I, I feel I have to mention this guy again because he, it's another game. For me, it's been Lammers and, and Kieran Dill that have been the two players that we've brought in that have genuinely impressed me the most. Um, I thought Kieran Dill was was really good when he came on yesterday. I was really impressed by his attitude. Uh, he's been the one that I think had the right attitude in this preseason in terms of going into the tackles. There was that wee montage that was doing the round. I think it was in the Hamburg game where he won about three tackles in a row. Um, and then also yesterday when he came on, he, he showed a, a lovely bit of skill, I think, to first of all flick the ball onto Danilo and then just to have the awareness just to drift out onto the right and play that, that through ball into Tav. But how impressed have you been since Kieran Dill's come in so far, especially since he came in carrying an injury. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I think he came in with, I don't know, not a silence about him, but no one was too excited by the terms of, like, we had a few big sort of star signings coming in, so he was just kind of brought in, he'll do a job, he'll be fine. But no, he seems to have kind of got it all in a very positive way. Um, like you say, he can dig in, he's got the tackle in him, but that craft, that creativity that we've been missing for, probably two years or so now, that's someone in midfield who can sort of make that killer pass. As you say, any Tav, well, it's an easy pass, but it's the pass that we've not been making for God knows how long. Um, no, I'm well impressed with him. I think, I know we're going to touch on potentially starting lineups and stuff like that going to, later in the pod, but for me, he's one that's probably worked his way into that starting 11 for me. I don't see, I don't see anyone else putting in the sort of graft and commitment that he has, and I think that goes a long way for the, the kind of guy we want to see starting games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, without any spoiler alerts, I, I think I'm certainly in the same camp as you in that one, and I'm I'm really really looking forward to to seeing Dow play next year. For for I've been saying it for I think since as long as I've been on a part of this is Ibrooks that we need somebody that's a bit horrible in the midfield, um, just willing to do the sort of the dark arts at times and 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 put a tackle in and just not have any regard for opponents and I think that Dowell and Raskin certainly fit um, both those modes so that's a midfield pair and I am very much looking forward to seeing um, next season but Saftar I suppose you're going to get the kind of main point of the whole podcast here and and in terms of talking about the the Brazilian I don't know if anybody's been talking about this or mentioned it but wait there's a Brazilian striker with a number 99 um, joined Rangers this week uh, we finally got to see him uh, playing in a Rangers jersey for the first time. He replaced Cyril Dessers up front at around about the 60-minute marks. Uh, showed some lovely touches, seemed quite direct in that sort of 30 minutes. Was even loosely involved uh, in, in the build-up to the goal as well. But how excited are you to see a Brazilian striker with the number 99 at Rangers, which is just kind of mental for me? Yeah, I mean, obviously, everybody gets typed up when, when you mention Brazil strikers. <laughs> Uh, don't you don't we and, and 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 they've done well obviously at different levels in Europe in the in the, in the European um, clubs and whatever so yeah it's exciting it's a big investment by Rangers as we know it's common knowledge he's he's, he's come with an expensive uh, price tag and and all the rest of it so yeah yesterday is hard to judge isn't it it's only been a few minutes he's had game time showed some good touches and good movement and uh I look forward to. It. I just hope again, you know, talking about the kind of the way Scottish football works um, and, and it's played out that he does get to show his class and he's not he's not kind of um, 
crowded out or, or injured out or whatever in, in the coming weeks. I look, look forward to it. As I said, there's not many, many times you see Brazilians playing up up in uh, Scotland, um, especially at the striker level. So look, looking forward to exciting times. It could be a game changer, fingers crossed, for Rangers in many aspects. I'm sure we'll touch on it. Yeah, and Ian, it's a it's a similar question to yourselves. Where where do you see you know Danilo's strengths in this squad, and and are you as surprised as I was the fact that we went out, spent a decent chunk of change in, on Dessers, and I think I even been on these podcasts, I said that if we go out and get Dessers, I will be stunned if we go out and get Danilo. But you know, fair play to the board; they really seem to be back in build this year, and and it looks like we've got a really really you know good player on our hands here. If if he if he plays, you know, the way that he played at Feyenoord. Yep, I was the exact same as you. I've said in more than one group chat, there's no chance we're signing two strikers <laughs> for like £4 million plus, so they made to look a bit of a fool there, but more than happy to do so. Um, sort of copying what Ross said just after Danilo was announced, but you do need to give credit to the board, because I don't think any of us saw this coming without a lot more sales taking place. Obviously, those sales might happen now, we don't know with guys like Sakala and Wright moving on possibly, but it's a real statement of intent. If Bill doesn't get what we want him to get this season, trophy-wise, he can't really give any excuses to the board. Um, they have backed him to the hill so far. And as you say, we've got a strike force now that whether it's one up front, two up front, three up front, there looks to be a lot of goals in that. I mean, every every clip you saw Danilo before he came in, every pre-season game he played, he seemed to score. So he certainly knows where the goal is. Um, I, I, I don't know if Dessers has that quite capabilities in him goal-wise but as long as we've got somebody doing the goals I think Daniel can be the star star man for this team Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky Lucky? In line at the deli I guess? Aha in my dentist's office more than once actually Do I have to say? Yes you do In the car before my kids PTA meeting Really? Yes Excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky I never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. It's it's the it's just the fact that he's even been scoring some really good goals in, in preseason for Feyenoord as well. And it's just about us trying to capture that and, and get him to do it in, in this squad. But listen, it wouldn't be a Rangers podcast without a bit of doom and gloom on it. So here's the doom and gloom section for, for everybody watching. And, and Saftar, I'll, I'll come to you first on this. There, there's some overall comments as well which I'll, I'll maybe come back on in terms of formation and shape and, and the players all sort of gelling together as well but um one of the biggest issues for me pre-season has has been the defense and i want to talk about the center of defense um specifically we know that goldson will be back but for me the only positive in the defense this preseason has been John Suter, um, I know he wasn't playing yesterday, he seemed to be one of the ones that have been struck by illness, as, as Bill alluded to in his, his post-match interview, um, but yesterday we finished the game with no recognised centre-halves, Bill said this is a scenario 
that might happen in the season. And I was just getting horrible PTSD flashbacks to to having James Sands and and, and Leon King as a defensive centre uh, center defensive partnership in the Champions League. Um, are, are you concerned that we finished that game yesterday with no central defenders? I think it was Sterling on the right. Uh, Barisic in the left and, and Lundstrom in the mental uh, in the middle, sorry, which did not fill me with confidence. Yeah, yeah, concerned, but hopefully um, it's kind of game management and and Beal knows what he's doing. Um, do you know when is Goldson coming back? Have you any idea? Is it fairly soon? Yeah, I think it's a, a couple of weeks into into the new season. We should be expected to be fit. Whether or not he's match fit, I, I'm not sure. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. not long. Yeah, I mean, as we know, Suter played well, has played well up to now. Uh, obviously, he wasn't playing yesterday. Um, he's been very, very solid. And fingers crossed him and Golson will be, the, for me anyway, one of the key partnerships, um, assuming they're not, one, or, one or both are, aren't injured. But yes, I can stand. We've not really, as you know, we've not really invested in that area uh, in the coming, in the last kind of few weeks or not. We may well do so, uh, potentially. Yeah, yesterday the first half was a bit of a disaster. Disjointed, you know, the goals that we lost, you know, the tapping. I mean, where was where was the defence to kind of protect that? And um, the good thing is, for me anyway, I think one of the key signings that we've not really talked. Maybe you guys did in previous pods. Is uh, uh, I think we've got a really good goalkeeper, Butlin, and I think that that's important because I think on previous times I've been on, I've been always moaning about McGregor and the lack of coming out and things like that. And fingers crossed, we kind of. Uh, got to that now. We've got a really solid goalkeeper. Assuming we don't have injuries and Golson comes back, Suter stays of course, we should have a fairly solid defence. Leon's come back in. I wasn't sure about why why he was re-signed for the year at 35 years old, but Bill obviously knows best. Uh, we'll know better. But it's a concern, mm-hmm. uh, like it's, but you can't invest everywhere. I suppose they prioritise to, to the middle to front Um because they had to, because of what what certainly what happened last season and and, and the players that that have left. So yeah, let's see, let's see. Yeah, that's it exactly. I, I, I'm glad you touched on on Butland there because I think he does have the potential to be a good organizer of 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 the defense. Um, I don't know if we'll be as vocal as our our previous goalkeeper, but um, I, I think any goalkeeper going uh, shouting at defence as much as Al McGregor did that's that takes some going but um Ian wh- where do you sit in it all uh like I said there's been there's a few comments coming in here saying Timothy Sharp says three out with a bug how often does that happen but I mean last year we were we did it wasn't bug we we had no central defenders due due to injury we know that Leon Balogun's been brought back in I'm not too sure why why he left the pitch it looked to be cramp I think just Johnny uh, John Lee Yafeko as well who as I've been saying, I've bought my ticket, but I'm not aboard the train. But uh, yesterday I was reluctant to hand my ticket over to the conductor, put it that way. But if everybody's fit, Ian, I'm assuming that you're going to pick Suter and Golton as as your central defensive partnership. And the next question would be is, um, are we going to bring in another centre-half? I know Bill talked about it um, when he was naming a list of signings that we should identify at the end of last season. So is this an area where you think we need to go out and strengthen? Well, surprisingly, I may be the only person in this chat or this whole environment that wouldn't have Goldson and Sir, because I'd still have Goldson and Davies. <laughs> I know, I'm going to get a ton of comments here. Um, probably kicked off the pod, but I like Davies. I, I don't, 
I don't think he's been anywhere near as bad as people are trying to convey. Um, he was a big part of that 10-11 games, like clean sheets when Beal first came in. He was brilliant. I, I like Suter, don't get me wrong, but I just don't have enough confidence in his fitness that he's like the main man going forward. Um, if he is, he's great because, like I say, he's very good. He's been very impressive. And as the comment says, Eddie probably is our best defender on his day, but I, I don't see why Davies gets run off so badly. Yes, he get a, he's not the toughest defender, so that's going to throw a lot of people off. But I think Scottish football takes quite a lot of getting used to. So now he's had that first season. I, I wouldn't have any major concerns if he was still playing like as first choice. But to caveat that, I'm still thinking a back five. I say this every single pod that I'm on. But I'd still be going for the back five because I don't trust Yilmaz enough to be helpful to Davies, if that makes sense. Just He's still a bit raw. He's not positionally perfect. And I just don't... I don't know if a back four of Davies and Yilmaz works, which might be a part of the problem. But in terms of the bigger question, I do think we need something else in there whether it's a Panzo or a Trusty, the, the two guys that get linked so often. But yesterday did concern me a lot because I, I was sort of same idea as Saf. I wasn't really sure why Balogun came back in. It wasn't what, something I was too fond of happening. It just felt a bit like you were given given a pal a, a, a contract for a year, to be honest. Um, so I'd rather we use that money to invest in like a young centre-back with potential who could like, sell on and stuff. But I know we maybe can't afford everything I want kind of thing, but I think after yesterday, it might have been Bill's kind of realisation that maybe Yefeko isn't quite where we want him to be, which is understandable. And if there is, I mean, touch wood, an injury to two or three of the centre-backs at once, we need something else there to come in because we can't have a repeat of what happened in the Champions League last year. That's, as you say, that's proper PTSD material that I can't go through again. Yeah, that that's that exactly, and and as if it's not only the central defence that we have issues on at the moment. Saftar, um, I've seen a lot of comments mentioning these two names already in terms of the left hand side. It was Barisic and Yilmaz. Obviously, Yilmaz got the nod, which I don't think surprised too many um, yesterday. For me, going forward, had a couple of I don't know good glimpses, but I, I think he was at fault. Uh, okay, don't get me wrong. That I think most of the team was at fault for that second Hof, uh, Hoffenheim goal because it was about yeah. 40, 50 passes at it. But Yilmaz, could you do a wee bit more just towards the end? And who's who's your first choice left back? Or is this an area we need to go out and strengthen? In? Uh, I would, I would, I think Yilmaz, um I think last season, obviously, he was in and out. He kind of did okay when he came in, certainly relative to. Born, I think he played better. I, I would, I would uh, keep Yilmaz uh, and try him for a longer spell, give him a bit of consistency on that side of the defence. And uh, to be honest, I think Born is in his last year of his contract, if I remember correctly, um, or close to. I, I would try and sell him on and get some money from him, um, and and do that. I think Born has had his time before. So there's been some horrendous uh, um, um, performances from him last season. Uh, and I and I hold him culpable for some some of the, some some of those goals that we lost in, in some key matches, um, which is I think will be the same going forward. So yeah, I mean Yelmaz, give him a chance, guys. Let's not throw him under a bus after one <laughs> one uh, preseason game in in Germany, um, and let's see how it goes. 
Yeah, Ian, I think I think that's that's fair enough what, what Saf's saying there. I, I agree with that. I think we do need to give Yilmaz a wee bit more of a chance. But um I think a left back that's that's had enough chances with me is is Borna Barisic. I think he was targeted in that Newcastle game. I think he was targeted in the Hoffenheim uh, so not the Hoffenheim game, the the Hamburg game as well. And it certainly looked like he was targeted in the Olympiacos game too. So uh, for me, it's really worrying that teams in pre-season are going, by the way, just fireballs down their left-hand side and and, and and you'll create a goal-scoring opportunity. And the other part of that question that I want to ask you, and this is another chance for you to defend Ben Davies here, but I don't think it's a coincidence that Barisic is on that left-hand side and I think that's where most of the crosses come in from. Um, does If... You know, Barris, if there was a better left back there, do you think Ben Davies would be a better player in, in the team? Thousand percent. Yeah. The way Bonner defends, I think we've all seen it a million times. It's that sort of standoff, let the attacker run at them. It just it's so painful to watch. And then going forward, I think we always kind of gave Ben benefit of doubt to Bonner because how many assists he got, how many crosses he puts in. But that little clip at the start of the Olympiacos game, which everyone will know about when we basically kick off, it goes to the goal, he goes to Borna, and he starts charging up the pitch, and then without even looking up, turns back and loses possession. Like the lack of confidence in the guy, the lack of arrogance, I don't know is a better word to say, but like he looks so scared on the ball so often, especially at Ibrooks, because he knows if he gives that ball away, he's just getting all the comments and the shouting and the abuse from the get go. So as 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 you touched on, his time's up. He's got a year left, so I don't think we'll get a lot for him. I know he's Croatian international and stuff like that, so he'd hope for like a million pounds or something, I guess, roughly. But same idea, if we can get that money in, bank that, get him off the wages and reinvest in someone. I, I'm not sure, Sterling kind of confuses me because I don't know if, I think, I think he's right-footed, but he is more of a left-back, so that he could be our answer all along, just sitting waiting on us, that's the ideal. But yeah, in, in terms of, if Bonner's starting games this season, my confidence in this team is just going to plummet rapidly, so mm-hmm. can't happen. Yeah, that that's fair enough, and and you've touched on it a bit there. I'll stick with you, Ian. Can, can you see um, Sterling as a, a sort of good option at left-back? Do you think that we will see him there a bit more, or, or do you think... Because I, I really like the way he was talking. I don't know if you've seen the... Uh, before the, the teams, I think, left for Germany, there was a few interviews put out. Um, Dujon Sterling was one of them. I really liked his sort of brashness and and his the fact they had lots of confidence and he was saying I don't I don't care you know I'm here to defend first and I think that was music to a lot of Rangers supporters ears because okay we'll maybe touch come on to the the formation and the tactics and the team still gelling together there but for me Barisic and, and, and Yilmaz that they are being asked to do the work of wingers which, which leaves them exposed um, quite an awful lot. You, I suppose you could apply the same to Tav. I don't think it's a coincidence that right and the left side haven't had a particularly good preseason. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose this, despite Tav scoring two two goals, um, but or three goals or even at that. But um, yeah, I mean, could you see Sterling just being put in there just because he he, he says he can defend? He at least needs a chance. Um, I think it's going to be very different how we play domestically against how we play in Europe because. If you're playing domestically, as Saf touched on, Yilmaz came in last year and was fine. But a lot of good passing play, a lot of good intricate work, good balls in behind. He's, he's really good on the ball, Yilmaz, but where he suffers is in that defensive sort of position. Obviously, he's, he's like five foot three, so he's not going to win a lot of headers. He's not going to do a lot aggressive 
defending, which is where I think Sterling's a perfect replacement for that. So if, if we're going away to tricky places in Europe or Parkhead or Tynecastle, Pataudry, these kind of places, I'd feel a lot more comfortable seeing Sterling in the back line, even just to sort of sit in with the centre-backs and let Tav do his thing. Gives us that bit more protection, bit more steel. Um, I think another thing about pre-season that's kind of struggled with this but is the lack of Ryan Jack a lot of the time because the, the way he covers Tav in particular is so underrated in this team. and he, He's massive for us defensively. Like if, if Ryan Jack's playing, I'm pretty confident we get a clean sheet in the majority of games. Whereas if you take him out, there's no one that can do that job, no one that can, can do what he does. So I think if, Ta- if, um, if Jack was a, a bit more available this pre-season or playing more games, we wouldn't have this defensive sort of fear going through us right now. So again, that's something else that can come in and hopefully steady the ship a little bit. Yeah, I think um, Ian's brought me on nicely to my next point here, Safter, and, and I'll bring up this wee comment from Finn Fogel as well. He said, the fullback also needs help from the left side of midfield. Whoever is left midfield should be tracking back and helping out um, where, I can't read that word, where everyone is a defender. But um, yeah, I mean, what have you made so far of us tactically in, in these preseason games and in terms of, I've heard the word narrow being used an awful lot. Um, and that we haven't, again, you want to mention Ryan Kent too much, but you know we're used to having people, men out, hugging the touch lines. We're used to the overlapping yeah. from, from the defenders. Um, is this just something that we have to get better at? I mean, I don't think I agree with you, and I don't think it's a coincidence that, that Ryan Jack is is missing from the, the squad, the lineup. He does do a lot of covering. You notice when Tab's bombing forward, he tends to, to slot into that right-back position. Same with Borna Barisic as well. I've seen it. With, with and here's another Rangers buzzword at the minute, John Lundstrom. But um, is it is it just a case of guys like Dowell and, and Raskin getting up to speed, or or do you think that Beal is completely trying to change the way that, that we play this this season? I think he's yet to find his full best uh, formation or style, and I, and I think that that's a good thing in a sense that there's going to be a lot of styles and formations as we go through the season because we've got. Fingers crossed, we've got these kind of players that have got that adaptability. And a point I think I would make is I think both fullbacks, I think from what I saw yesterday, were being targeted in, in those kind of spaces. And I think I think somebody made it in the comments. Tav's not getting any younger. And there's a real risk that he's he's post-peak Tav. And we we could have a, a challenge there on that right side as well. And I think we need to be mindful of that, not get too emotional or too embedded into, oh, he, he's always going to be our right back this coming season as well. I think we need to just try and understand that as well, despite the fact he does obviously great free kicks, penalties. Um, so, yeah, to, to to on your point, Kyle, I think you have to find the formation. You're right, it's been a bit narrow, a bit through the centre. Maybe I think that will change. That that will certainly change as we come, come up to more speed, you know, you know genuine games that matter. Uh, especially the European games coming up as well. Um, yes, early days are still very early. Remember, these players only literally joined us two, three weeks ago um, from from different clubs and more to come as well. So I'm not too stressed by it. I, I just want to see how things develop in in August and certainly come end of August, we'll be in a much better position to see this is going somewhere or not, as the case may be. Yeah, again, really hard to disagree with your your sensible answer there, Saftar. I'm not really used to that in this podcast, so that's um, <laughs> something I think we'll have to get the managing editor to have a word with you about. Um, but uh, look, Ian, I, I, I totally take Gavin Quinn's comment here. He says it's pre-season, he's experimenting with a brand new team. It's so frustrating that people don't understand that. It's the whole point. 
Um, I, I think we do understand. I, I feel we do understand it, but I've just, I've just not seen it click. That seems to be the biggest frustration. I've, I can't remember. Was it Gerard's first season, and we were just talking about waiting for that moment. It seemed to be, you know, in December before we finally saw that the team gelling, and and that's where my concern comes from here. I, I mean, eight bodies, I think, soon to be nine that that we've brought in, but in them. I don't know what I'm I just being too pessimistic about the whole thing. Is it just standard part of being a Rangers supporter? Um, but I mean, what have you made of the of the team and the, and the tactics so far? And, and specifically about that that narrowness is is it just a case of waiting for them to gel? I think so. But I think another side of it is the quality of team they've been up against so far in preseason. Um, I know we spoke sort of before, and you weren't too sure that we should be playing this level of team this early, <laughs> which makes a lot of sense. You know, we should just be playing. Morton and Dumbarton and Burry and winning 9-0 every game kind of thing that we'd all be flying at that point but if we can compete at this level against guys like teams like Hoffenheim who beat Feyenoord like a week or two ago so they're, they're no mugs they're a very good team in their PSV so I'm not sure they played, they played someone um, but we're not going to play that level of players in the SPL every week you know so it's it's just a case of as, as Gavin's comment said trusting the, the team trusting the manager he's trying things out it's not going to click within a day or two. It's not going to click within a game or two. But as you say, that moment it clicks, we'll look back at this and go, oh, that's that's what we've been waiting for. There's the dream goal. There's the perfect goal. There's the 5-0 performance. It's, and we're doing all this without our best centre-back, who's arguably our best player, who just calms that team down so much. Mm-hmm. My, my fear just now would be if we were playing and not scoring. Because we saw last season, if you take goals out of this team, it's it can't defend as well. And that's a worry. That's something we maybe should look at a bit more. But if Golden's playing, the defence is more solid. Because middle to front, I don't think we've been terrible. I don't think we've been awful at all. Even the Olympiacos game, I was quite happy with how we played at halftime. That sort of midfield onwards kind of thing. Maybe not the striker side of it, not the goals that mm. came just yet. But, but that's the connection thing. That's players are going to get to know each other, know what foot they like to pass into, what movements they do. Because right now, you're looking at, say, Tav, for example. He's He's been playing with the same three, four guys in his team for years. Whereas now he's having to work out, okay, how does Dessers like the pass? Where does, where does he move to? Where does Danilo run? All these things that will come with training. We've got another week now of training. Hopefully, take the foot off the gas a little bit because some of them do look knackered. Whether that's good or not, I don't know at this stage. But I think we all need to have a breath, chill out a bit. I mean, last year in pre-season, we beat Real Madrid, I'm pretty sure. So... Yeah, yeah. That season didn't quite go to plan, so hopefully this is the opposite of that. Effie preseason and then go on beating in the league again, so we'll be fine. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
That's it, exactly. Right, well, I think everybody will be pleased to know that that's all the pre-season chat officially done on this is Ibrooks. I think it's been it's been as tough as the players have all been talking about it. I was in that press conference on, on Wednesday where Hadji came out and he said that it's the toughest pre-season that he's ever been involved in. And I think as a Rangers supporter, this has been up there with one of the toughest pre-seasons I've ever had to watch. So, um, thank goodness it's all done and hopefully all the experimentation and all that pays off and, and we'll be on to the competitive game uh, or the competitive game uh, next weekend against Kilmarnock. But Saftar, let's get talking about something that uh, I always love hearing you talking about, and that is to do with Rangers' finances and the transfer sort of overall up until this point. Um, it seems to be in terms of every single transfer that I look at that we're linked with on Twitter, there's a certain other team in Glasgow's supporters commenting on it, saying more skin, how can we afford these guys? I remember being on the podcast with yourself round about start of January, I think it might have been, um, and you were talking about, you know, you were expecting Rangers to spend an outlay of, you know, between sort of 12 and 15 million quid, and even I was like, that's a lot. I was like, I hope you're right, um, but you you have been proven right in this instance, and, and in terms of the this summer we have gone out and spent some big money just to go over some of the players that we've got in we spent about four and a half million in Dessers somewhere between five and six million in Danilo Sam Lammers was roughly about three million pounds Sterling cost nothing Dowell cost nothing Butlin cost nothing Balogun cost nothing we've got Seaman in a loan and in terms of the outgoings we've had Antonio Cholak some of these are obviously haven't happened or, or yet or, or may not happen, but Scott Wright's been linked with a half million pound move away from Turkey. Kamara, a uh, five million pound move to Leeds. And if anything, in terms of the latest reports have to be believed, um, Sakala has been been told to, to look for a new club and, and rumoured anywhere between bids for two and four million. And just as a wee aside, I thought this was really good um, uh, in Budi. Looks like he's got a Dyer Beauty, I should say, who's at Man City. I think he's going to a Belgian club. I'm not sure what they're called, but there was a wee 15% sell-on clause in there for an extra 100k. But is this how are Rangers fund? I don't want to say how Rangers funding this, but like, I mean, is this this sort of player trading model finally coming into action? And is this Rangers finally spending some of the Bassey money, some of the Aribo money that's coming in after? Yeah, I think it's more. Yeah, I guess so, um, Kyle. And I guess it's it goes back to the point. Um, okay, Michael Beale came in uh, last November or whatever, just before Christmas time. He had the Jan window. Okay, that's quite short. He's still getting his feet under the door. We know what happened last season. Overall, a bit, bit of a disaster, whereas domestically and, and Europe. And now he's been backed essentially, um, and he needed back his. Uh, I don't think the player trading model has worked at all, really. Apart from Bassey, we've not really done anything that's been multiple of uh, transfer. And this is interesting because all the players you mentioned, uh, Kyle, average age, 24, 25, on average, if you exclude Leon and, and the, the keeper, uh, for decent prices. I think, from my understanding, of looking at it from the outside in as a fan, I think the board are making two kind of bets this season um, that we win the league. So, therefore, Fingers crossed we get into the Champions League new setup for next season, which is a lot of money. Forget this season Champions League, next season Champions League, the money goes off the scale for anybody that gets in. So there's like 50, 60 million at stake uh, in the Champions League. So you win this league. So that's the big bet. And secondly, um, you also um, 
do well, whether that's in the Champions League uh, qualifier uh, prior to and get into the Champions League proper or drop into the Europa League. I think that's the bet. And you do well in either or, especially the Europa League into Christmas and, and beyond. Um, and I think Beal ultimately needed back. What what could you do? You can't really buy one or two players. We know we were off it significantly last season, despite being only being a seven points uh, difference in the end. Um, and I think that's it. And they've, they've probably uh, uh, deeped into reserves uh, and shareholder funds or whatever to do that. Um, ultimately, we're going to have a decent year this this uh, end of this kind of financial year if you want to kind of look at it that way because we had champions league money despite being a disaster for us <laughs> in, in, in the games themselves we got decent money from from that group stage uh, uh last season so i think that's the bet win the league uh with this squad of players and you've been given the money now to do it you back we've been backing you we've given you a fresh team essentially and at the same time start implementing the prayer trading model. So you'll probably see some of these players in two years' time leaving, hopefully for decent multiples. So therefore, mm -hmm. you start again for another um, uh, talent pool or whatever. Because obviously, Morales, Morales, Alfredo growing, Ken going for nothing has been a disaster. We should have got capital from them. Um, you know, you could argue five million each, four million each or whatever uh, in seasons prior. And I think that's been a mistake to have kind of slipped up. Uh, and and so on. So I think that's the way they're thinking. Uh, they made a big bet on this. Fingers crossed. We all hope and pray uh, it works out. That's it as well. And Safter, I don't mean to put you on the spot again here with another question in terms of finances, but loads of people in the comments are, are saying, you know, there's things like you mentioned there, the, the Champions League money coming in. That was obviously good. I mean, despite the board coming out and quashing the rumours of our... Um, pot of gold that we would have allegedly got for that um but it's things like the the museum opening new edmondson house the, the strip selling um how long do you think it will take before we see uh, you know a, a real tangible effect from these sort of alternative incomes that rangers haven't simply had before i mean you're looking at the they're opening up the new the new bar sports bar at ibrooks has said you've got new edmondson house i mean how long do you think it'll be before we see that money start to get sort of invested into the first you're team? Really I, think this is, I think you're already seeing it, Carl. This is part of the investment. I mean, the board wouldn't be spending... I think it's next season you're going to start spending on the stadium, aren't they? The infrastructure, the, the new seating plan, the new areas to, to get more seats in uh, and build that out as well. So that's Champions League money from last season. That's some of the Europa League money as well prior to that. As you know, there's been a board restructuring over the summer as well. I think that's also helped to drive uh, minds about what the hell we're going to be doing going forward and how we're going to get and do it. And at the same time, you're seeing what's happening in where it's in the English League, Europe, even Saudi Arabia, what they're doing in terms of players and investment or whatever. Um, yeah, so I think that there's an element of everything, you know, you know, stadiums and strip sales, uh, the the Edmondson House uh, being up and running. Um, uh, uh, and more sponsorship coming in, into into your club as well. We've got a new MD. He, he he's obviously comes back. He comes from a sponsorship uh, sales background. So hopefully he, uh, that that will drive it positively. He's Bill's been backed, I believe, significantly as we all agree. So it's it's time for the players to really kind of prove their worth. And now we've got a level above what we had last season in terms of player quality. I think, uh, and uh, fingers crossed that 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 comes through in the coming weeks. 
Yeah, as you said, I, I, it was a it was a criticism that was levelled at, at Douglas Park for for a couple of years in terms of him not backing his managers, and I, I certainly don't think you can um, say that of of John Bennett since he's come in. I completely agree with what you said there, Saftar, in terms that he's made some really good changes so far, and and it's absolute music to my ears that you uh, to hear that, that you said some of this money coming in from these external or sort of what's the word you would use sort of non-typical revenue streams for, yeah, for a football, football revenue, yeah yeah is has been uh, the fact that that's already getting used is really good to hear um right you know come on to you next for for the the big exciting competitive draw that, that rangers made earlier on today and it was rangers drew morton and the via uh, via play cup I, I still have no idea whether it's actually going to be on on the television or not saying that i know that they said they were they're going out of the scottish markets but they've got a contract with the spfl to to cover the or to sponsor the cup then i suppose they can't get out of it um I'm not going to ask you to give us a preview of a, a Morton game in, in the middle of Augustine, but it's more what do you think the expectations are on Beale this season and is the is the League Cup, is this a cup that we have to win this year? Yes. Yeah. Right, that's my next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think something that was labelled at Gerard a lot was the whole like one in nine or one in ten, whatever it was, that he won in Beale possibly through no fault of his own, but he's associated with that and the failures that we've had in the Cups over the years. Um, it's not just getting put off Celtic, but some of the, like, the St Mirren games, St Johnston, Aberdeen knocked us out. Teams like this shouldn't be knocking us out of Cups as often as happened in the last few years. Um, we've also we've got a massive squad still. I know we're talking about there's going to be sales, there's going to be this, there's probably getting rid of four or five, maybe more than that. So that squad number will come down, but uh, it's a hard one because... I love seeing youth getting a chance, guys like King, guys like Ifeco, Lowry. Um, there's a few more that I'd want to see playing, but I don't think we can take any cup game for granted this season, purely based on how important the cup is. Um, I know the, the final for League Cup's often like what, February, March time, so it's always just as the season's getting to that crunch point, so the, the extra momentum we can pick up there if we do manage to win that cup could always see us through in the league kind of thing. There's always that little bit of mind games to it as well but the main thing is I think Gerard failed at a lot of cups, Bale then in turn has failed at a lot of cups and we need to start writing that wrong a little bit um, and getting some dominance back domestically on all fronts Yeah, again really hard to disagree with, with what you've said there Ian in terms of of the expectations for, for next year I agree, I think this has to be a cup we need to win one of the Scottish Cup or this cup and the league Saftar, I'm assuming that you're largely in, a, in agreement with that statement as well there yeah, we need to start getting into the winning habit. I mean, I think Beal, like 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 in previous seasons with other managers, will use the League Cup more of a kind of you know the kind of reserve players to come in, McCrory, uh, as you say, Lowry, and, and others to get game time if if they're there. Um, certainly, in their initial stages until you get to the semi-finals, but we still start winning cups. It's embarrassing that we won the Scottish Cup um, uh, recently. But we've not won any any cups uh, uh, at all. Uh, we need to get the finger out and, and start doing that. Start getting that kind of winning mentality, and that kind of then plays on itself, whether it's cups, leagues, Europe, or whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm hopeful for this season. I think last season it's quite funny. Last season I was more hopeful on the back of the Europa League. Uh, you know what happened there and, and the final and whatever. But I'm quietly confident about what certainly what's going on. Uh, fingers crossed that that, that uh, things will be really exciting going forward. 
That's it exactly. And before I come on to ask you about um what you think the the sort of lineup will be for for the first game next season and and who you think will play um there's been a couple of comments this guy i've I've not mentioned them quite yet I, I alluded to him in terms of the we brought an eight signing so far and it looks like it's going to be nine this week but ian hugo bear here says uh jose do midweek and cubby cubster says uh sifo the final piece of the jigsaw i know maybe should i put it in when we're discussing ryan jack and the raskin and covering the center backs and stuff mm-hmm. like that in the wings but um how excited are, are you to see this guy, a guy that Beals, uh, you know, talked about um, quite openly in a couple of press conferences so far. Um, but Jose Cifuentes, it looks like he said we've got a pre-contract agreement with him. Again, I think this is, looks like a really good bit of business from the club that were kind of forcing LAFC's hand so that they get a bit of compensation. But, I mean, how excited are you to see um, Ecuador International Jose Cifuentes uh, in, a, in a blue jersey next year? It's about time. It's about the amount of YouTube stuff and like little clips that I've been watching of him playing. I just need to see him in a Rangers top now. Um, I'm not. It sort of goes back to a lot of the other comments in the in the chat about. It. I'm not sure how this works, sort of formation wise, and whose position he takes. And one thing that I have noticed in preseason is Cantwell seems to be playing a lot deeper. So I don't like that dynamic too much. I prefer him being up involved with the goals. So I think. This sort of position he's taken up just now is where Sifuentes will hopefully slip in. And then it sort of completes the jigsaw, as again a few people have said, but he looks looks like he can do everything. He can shoot, can tackle, can win the ball, can it just it seems that complete midfielder. Um, all the scout reports rave about him. Brighton wanted him, so that's that's enough. If Brighton wants someone, we should be all over him. Um, and yeah, it's, it's the same idea as, as of the um, Cantwell deal, the Raskin deal, that little sort of six months to go in the contract. Obviously, been a lot of haggling about this fee for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. So now that's finally done. As I said at the start, I just want him in now. I don't, it's hard to say. I was going to say I don't see him starting too soon, given it's like a different country, different, different way of living, different sort of club stuff like that. But he has been playing probably more than any other player in the squad. I mean, he's playing for, for LA, what? A week ago, a fortnight ago still, yeah. so he should be fitting where to go, you'd hope. So, yeah, very excited about this one, finally. Yeah, he's a guy, that you said, that I'm I'm looking forward to. I'm finally glad it's done, and I think hopefully that with having a pretty much a full season with, with LAFC, that he's ready just to go into the squad. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes, but... Um, you sort of touched on it there. You know how when you, I mean, you speak about guys like Yelmaz and you worry about their integration into the squad and it being difficult coming from a place like Turkey. I did not know how Sunday is going to go from like an LA lifestyle to coming and and living and and governing. But um, good luck to him. Um, fair play. It's it's a hell of a move and and I think a bit of a coup for Rangers this one because as you said, that seems to be the sort of. The, the sort of gold standard if they've been liked with with Brighton then there's probably a good chance who who knew Davy Weir would be such a a genius when it came to identifying football targets if only could have had that under a a few years ago when when a certain Mr Warburton and his magic hat were here but um Saftar last thing before we go into the po- uh, before we finish up the podcast here but uh uh, just a wee bit of fun. What's your predicted lineup going into into the Kamarnock games? Have, is there anybody in there that you think if you got any surprises in there or, or, or yeah, what what's your lineup going into the Kamarnock games after? 
I think it could be similar to what started uh, yesterday without with Echo and uh, Suter um, coming in, assuming he's, he's 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 recovered from his bug. I think it could be similar to that. Um, because I think Beal will play it kind of safe-ish, not really bled in too many of the newer guys. You know, it's Kilmarnock away. It could be a bit of a hustle and bustle, you know, away fans and all the rest of it. So it could be similar to that, I believe. Um, but let's see, because it's hard to predict now because there's so many moving parts now. You know, new players yeah. coming in. As we know, we don't really know the the, the style or the setup of how we're going to even play uh, in terms of the formations or whatever as well. But I think it could be something similar to that. Uh, going forward, certainly next ne- next weekend, anyway. That's it. And and Ian, what's what's your thoughts on a an predicted lineup and 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 who do you think will be sort of players that will are going to have a good season for us next year? The the caveat with the come on it away trip is the pitch. So I don't expect to see Ryan Jack anywhere. I don't think Balogun would even be risked on it. I think <sighs> if, obviously it's it's fitness dependent, but I don't think playing Balogun makes any sense here, given. Yeah. He came off the other day, looked a bit tight in the hamstrings. We know he's 35, he's not going to play much this season, so I can imagine it'll be Davies and Suter back in, if both have recovered in time. If not, God knows what we're going for. Um, it, it, it just depends. I know there's so many, as Saf says, so many moving parts, so much very varied positions here, but I'd expect Danilo to start, given the price we've paid. I think Dessers will start. I think Cantwell and Lammers will both play behind them, so I could see Seema dropping out. And then if Lundstrom is still here, I know there's a bit of chat about him possibly moving on, but I think just for, for as we're saying, the, the environment, the game style, you need someone in there that's going to hopefully just kick people a little bit. Um, and him beside Raskin in a sort of 4-2-2-2 formation, if that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, the narrow thing we've, we've spoke about is a bit of a worry, but we just kind of play with what we've got for Kamarnock away and then let the season start proper at Ibrooks. Yeah, I think you've got a very, very similar lineup to what I've... I was trying to write it down and I've got that sort of 4-2-2 in there as well. But, I mean, you are playing with fire at the moment, suggesting Lundstrom and Davies should be should be starting games from, from Rangers. Yeah. But, you know, it's all about opinions on here and... And you know, I think I think there's something to be said in that. But my lineup, it's very similar. I've got Butland, I've gone for Tav Suter, Ben Davies. <laughs> Ironically enough, after just slagging you well, off well, about it, but well, well. I, I just I, I agree. I, I think Balogun has been brought in this season purely as cover, and it's just because it's been pointed out it was unfortunate we had illnesses to quite a few of the centre halves, and hopefully the, the they're over that by by the time the weekend comes. Um, I, you can tell how angry I was with the left back position because I've I've just written down Sterling <laughs> for that one. Um, yep. No messing about. I've got Raskin and Dowell as the kind of holding midfielders, and I'm going to say you know Cantwell at the bottom of a of a diamond with Lammers going either left or right. Totally agree with what you've said. Danilo has to play based on the the money that we paid for him, and and Dessers also, um, he's got to play as well. I think against them, um, if you know anything about Derek McInnes' teams, the one thing you know is they're they're big and physical, and I really think that that Dessers is is going to you know be about them, and and I just want a guy who's just annoying defenses um, yeah. this year. 
But listen, I think that just about wraps up the pod. That's us just about giving, uh, giving an hour of content there. Uh, hopefully you've all enjoyed it. But just a few wee things just to, to wrap up the pod this week. Um, there's been a couple of new Twitter accounts that we encourage you all to follow. We know we're, we're trying to keep the This Is Ibrooks main account for, for first team football. So we've we've branched off. We've got a new uh, This Is Ibrooks youth account. It's at TII Youth. So go and follow that on there, guys. And we've got a women's team one as well. And that is a bit more complicated this is full words it's this is ibrooks and it's rwfc also got to mention the fact that we've got a free app with all the videos all the content there's forums on there if you want to go and get involved in the chat as well there's a a fantasy football league a scottish fantasy football league um which is on the go too so go and check that out um but i think the final word i just want to say for the podcast is from a personal point of view um i've been a wee bit more involved in the b team than what i would normally be and on wednesday i was there with reese um for everybody that doesn't know we sponsored thompson ashaka of of the b team and it was an absolute delight to see him come on after 10 minutes and score. And then again at the weekend, scored again. So just want to say for everybody, this is Ibrooks. Well done, Thompson. And we will be rooting for you for the rest of the season. But I just want to say to finish up, thanks for my guests for joining me tonight. So thank you, Saftar. Pleasure as ever, uh, Kyle uh, and Ian. It was, uh, it was good fun. Yeah, let's hope this season is as good fun as this pod has been. Um, and th- thanks to yourself as well, Ian. No, uh, no. No, all good. Uh, really enjoy that again, um, and hopefully I don't get too many unfollows for the Ben Davies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that that's just from the This Is Ibrooks uh, contributors <laughs> as well. That one. But listen, yeah. thanks everybody. Take care, and thank you for watching. Podcast Network.